Greetings, you've entered into the Paracosmos where anything is possible and everything is probable. I'm Lacey, and we're talking about our favorite blue and red suit wearing spotter boy. And I'm Leah, and I have been crying for the last three days over this movie. <laughs> yes. And for those of you that don't know, this episode is going to be full, I mean chock full, to the brim, busting out, just full of spoilers. It's going to be a spoiler episode. So if you have not seen the new Spider-Man movie yet, please don't listen to this. Or if you don't care about spoilers, listen to this and you can get a synopsis of what happens. And then maybe we can motivate you to go see it because it was absolutely one of the best superhero movies to exist to this day. Yes. If you haven't seen this or you're on the fence about seeing this, then I honestly have no idea what is wrong with you because I feel like everybody in the world wants to see this movie. Yeah, just you gotta see it. You absolutely gotta see No Way Home. Like it was, it was pretty much perfect. Basically, basically. Uh, so No Way Home. We all know it was directed by John Watts. We all know he's going on to do the Fantastic Four after this at some point. So I feel pretty confident that that might actually be a good movie this time. Uh, oh yeah. We got to give the props though to the writers of the movie because. I feel like ever since Far From Home came out, there's been like a ton of plot points and, oh, I want to see this and I want to see that on Twitter. And they both just like scoured Twitter and pulled every single thing off of it and used it. (laughs) They were like, okay, we're going to give the people what they want. You know, so Chris McKenna and Eric Summers uh, wrote this and John Watts directed it. They had a ton of people working on it. They all did amazing. And if it wasn't COVID times, I would go find all of them and give them all big fat kisses because (laughs) I literally the first I've seen it twice now. The first watch through what, like five and a half minutes into the movie, I started crying. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it gets real really fast. Like you we literally start out with like spider-man's identity just straight up being revealed right so like on that i will read you the imbd uh synopsis of this movie it really leaves out all the good stuff uh (laughs) when spider-man's identity is now revealed our friendly neighborhood web slinger is unmasked and no longer able to separate his normal life as peter parker from the high stakes of being a superhero when Peter asks for help from Doctor Strange, the stakes become even more dangerous, forcing him to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. Which is basically what happens in the movie. They just left out, like, all the good stuff. Yeah, they just left out all, <laughs> like, the major spoilers. Uh... So, what do we want to... <laughs> where do we even want to start with this? I know, I'm like... like. I don't really want to do like a play-by-play of the movie. No, no. I mean, start from the top. Picks up right where Far From Home leaves off literally like minutes afterward when yeah. his identity is revealed. And then you just see this mob of people. And the one lady in the mob killed me. She was like, Spider-Man hit me. Did you see that? Spider-Man hit me. <laughs> Spider-Man hit me. <laughs> like the, the beginning of this movie versus the end of this movie felt like completely different films yes like the tone the way it progressed absolutely the tone changed immediately just all of the lighthearted, goofy silliness of homecoming was gone 
like the first couple minutes of it where Peter and MJ have to swing back to his apartment and we get that we're three for three now on the weird awkward walking into a room to Peter half naked scenes uh yep (laughs) just expected it this yeah yeah I kind of figured that's what was going to happen uh like from that second we get like the homecoming of it all where he's just like super goofy and oh maybe it's not that bad that everybody knows it can't be that bad uh yeah those are helicopters outside I messed up and and then like just out of nowhere it's like yeah and boom, it gets sad. sad really quick his whole life is pretty much uprooted they have to leave their apartment go to uh happy's apartment which is great because happy and aunt may are literally breaking <laughs> up when he gets back to the apartment so the fact that they have to go then stay at happy's apartment is fantastic it literally just forces them together and it's like because it's literally that scene at the end of uh, Far From Home where Peter's like, okay, you guys talk about your relationship. I got to go. And apparently they break up in that moment, um, which is kind of funny for us, but sad for Happy because I, I guess he actually really wanted to be with her. <laughs> yeah, he really loved, like, really, really liked that man. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's the biggest plot of it all is. Peter's identity gets out. His life is ruined. Everybody who knows him by association, they can't get into college. Uh, They're treated like dirt. Like they're yelled at constantly. Um, Like they're the bad guys. Yeah. Like they've been accomplices. They literally like at one point have them uh, in the interrogation rooms all separate. And oh my God, Ned, (laughs) bless Ned. Ned's like, oh yeah, I helped with this and did this and blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, so you just admitted you're an accomplice and he's like uh i'd like that stricken from the record and it's like <laughs> bruh that's not how that works that <laughs> you done messed yeah. up. like I, I, there's some deleted scenes that we didn't get from this too about the whole going to trial the court stuff because like there's no way they go from just interrogating them to okay and your legal battles are done we'll get back to all of the cameos we got in this movie in just a second uh and we'll start with your legal battle, but <laughs> it's just, it goes so fast. Like there's literally not a slow moment until way later in the movie when it yeah, slows down. Yeah, I'd say down. the momentum is pretty, pretty great for this yeah. movie. They're just like, everybody knows his life is ruined. All of school knows. Uh, one of my favorite scenes was when Flash Thompson sees that peter parker is spider-man and all he does is this like heartbroken no (laughs) (laughs) no wait a second no (laughs) no he's all in his tennis gear standing on the sidewalk and stuff just no just can't believe it that the person he hates the most in the world is is his favorite superhero but it just it goes so fast all the way up until like peter immediately is like well why don't i just make us all go back in time and nobody knows and then he goes to dr strange it slows down for a minute there and then it immediately picks back up and is so fast paced all the way yeah. until you know tragedy strikes and then that slows it down for a little bit and then immediately picks back up yeah and we also learned that uh doctor or confirmed that dr strange is not the um sorcerer supreme because yeah. he pooped for five years <laughs> so by technicality uh Wong. what's his name yeah yeah 
He is. <laughs> yeah. So it was fun when he was like, aren't you the sorcerer supreme? And he's like, nope. <laughs> I'm right. You know, I've also for five years. Peter totally forgetting that the time stone is not a thing now. That's it, a very real it gone too. Yeah. Yeah. To it's it gone. And then like, his just heartbroken. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I wasted your time. Like, yeah. So before we get into all of the cameos we got, uh, what was your, what's your immediate reaction to this movie? Like after I was done watching it fully, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I just, I loved it. I thought that it hit, it hit everything that I wanted it to do. And then it added more that I didn't even know I wanted. Right. Like everything that they did in this movie, you kind of thought they were going to do. Everything was exactly how you would want it to be. It was all expected, but they still managed to find a way to do it that surprised you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like they, I feel like doing what they did, it was definitely like risky, right? Like anytime, anytime the audience is sitting there and demanding certain things from a movie or a show it's risky to listen to the audience because the audience really doesn't always know what's best um so for them to have listened to the audience and pull it off so well like perfectly was amazing was and awesome. i just that's that's why i said i feel like somebody just scoured like twitter and tumblr or something for a year and was like and these are this is everything that everybody wants to see right here let's take notes and we got to go talk to everybody. I did read something um, while they were promoing this movie the week before it actually came out that it wasn't supposed to be this movie. Like they had two backups. Uh, they had originally written this movie to be a Craven the Hunter movie. And uh, it was going to involve Craven now going, I have to hunt Spider-Man and Peter Parker because he's the, you know, the Craven of it all. And uh, then they had this idea to bring all these characters into it in some type of a multiversal hoodoo fuckery and started writing the, they started writing No Way Home as they were filming it. So like they had to constantly keep changing scenes and scripts and everything as they were filming. Uh, Probably a good thing to do since Tom. Well, yeah, you know, they never give him the full uh, story and everything. He did really good, not spoiling shit this time. Uh, he yeah, did. He was he asked good. questions point blank, like, and he is a very good actor. Uh, <laughs> just from his interviews, he's proven he is a very good actor. <laughs> yeah, he did a good job this time. And I'm honestly really happy he did um, because I would be really bummed if he had accidentally confirmed some things. That would have been yeah. sad. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like this is the movie that we would want to see, you know, like this is what we wanted. Um, I feel like the Craven the Hunter movie, though, would have been really cool. You know they're gonna do it eventually, but just like Craven hunting him, knowing he's Peter yeah. Parker, you know, like that would have been super, super cool to see too. And I'm kind of sad that we didn't get some type of like Craven, like a real Craven uh, nod in this. There was one at the end. I don't know if you caught it. Uh, yeah, when the the sky is tearing open. Yeah, this and the yeah. people in the sky and stuff. Um, yeah. That was really cool. For those of you who don't know what we're referencing, <laughs> there's a moment in the movie where basically uh, the universe is just ripping apart. Like the spell 
uh, that they've been containing in this box gets just rips open. Uh, this is like the big climax of the movie. And this is the part where Peter Parker has to make a decision on how to fix it. So you see these rips in the sky and it's like rips in the un different universes and dimensions that are coming through. And you see a bunch of outlines of different Spider-Man villains. So you get a nod to a lot of different villains. If you like pay attention yeah. and really look through them, you see a bunch of different ones. Um, it probably take watching it at least twice to catch multiple because they're like spread across the screen. Yeah, there, there are there's several of them and they're a little fuzzy and stuff. Like the first watch through, I definitely saw Craven because uh, he's got his spear and I saw Rhino. The second watch, I saw yeah, Rhino I saw and Scorpion. Scorpion. I saw something that looked like it could be Black Cat. Um, a couple other shapes that I couldn't make out because it's a very quick scene. Some people are saying that they they have seen some other ones. Uh, so I'm curious to see what everyone else thinks they saw in that moment but it was it was still a little nod towards Craven but it would have been cool if they had done like a credit scene with him but we can talk about that later when we get to that uh speaking of <laughs> nods we also got a nod to Miles Morales we did we got just just the most wholesome nod we could have got uh that at some point in some time we'll see a live action Miles, which I feel like everybody is already expecting. Yeah. We just don't know when or how it's coming at this point. Like, yeah, because right now we have the new animated uh, movie coming out soon, so we have that first. But it would be nice to like bring Miles Morales into the live action world. Yeah, I have some theories on how they could do that, but we can talk about that at the end. What was your favorite cameo? Did you have one? Because this movie was like filled with. Uh, uh, <laughs> Toby it's just it's it's Toby for those of you that don't know so here we go we'll say it uh confirmed Toby and Andrew both show up in this movie as Spider-Man they've been taken from their universe and they've been plopped down into Tom Holland's Spider-Man's universe and so Toby shows up looking like as he was called a cool youth pastor <laughs> um, that was so good I was like oh my gosh so <laughs> he really does uh <laughs> so he shows up and like I loved it because like obviously Tobey Maguire has aged and you can tell he's aged but like I love that about it yeah they they didn't do any of the uh CGI retouches to the Spider-Men like they did to the villains because the villains were all pulled through uh the rift seconds before they die in the yeah. original movies so they look the same that they did in those movies except for jamie fox which is very unclear why he is suddenly now jamie fox and not max dylan <laughs> yeah he's the only one that felt like did like a fully different character compared to the rest of them that just felt like they picked straight up and went with it yeah uh, but they left both toby and andrew looking the proper age of what they would be and weathered yeah yeah, yeah, so like, they've seen some shit. Yeah, so that was amazing. Um, I also appreciate appreciated Andrew being there too. Um, but I mean, Toby was my first Spider-Man on the on the big screen. So when he showed, like, once Andrew showed up, because Andrew shows up first, I was like, oh, I know what this means. And I like, know, as soon as as soon as the portal opened, I was like, oh, I already know what's going on. <laughs> yep, yep. Because yeah. you see him at the end of it, you know, and he's like so far away that you don't know. But as soon as you see his eyes, like the mask, 
yep. uh, of the the white eyes like they're different they're different shapes each of the spider-men have different shaped eye masks you know uh as soon as i saw that i was like oh it's andrews um of course it is and then you knew toby was coming after that yeah because you which knew they yeah. were going to keep searching for peter parker because that's essentially what's happening is ned got these this ring set off of Doctor Strange and now he can open portals so he's trying to open a portal to look for Peter Parker and accidentally pulls Andrew through and then he does it again and that's when Toby walks through right so, so let's let's go back to that with the Doctor Strange and uh, and Peter uh they go to the sanctum they gotta find all these villains because they've encountered Doc Ock at this point they've seen the Green Goblin uh Doctor Strange fought the lizard in the sewer I guess um kind of sad we never got to see that because that would have been funny but they get to the basement they gotta they gotta fix it all and dr strange is being like kind of shitty about it even though it was his spell like he should have been helping right from the beginning yeah and then maybe all this wouldn't have happened yeah so (laughs) he's just like oh you teenagers fix it that literally can't fix your own lives but here go save the the multiverse scooby do Uh, this shit you know that was really funny but ned when peter gets locked inside the mirror dimension with dr strange he's able to beat magic with science and yes oh that was so good which is a really cool nod to how intelligent peter parker is just without superpowers he's very very smart and he beats who is supposed to be the sorcerer supreme supposed to be but it that was really cool he steals a sling ring and gives it to ned of all people uh who can use it yeah ned can use it what does that mean i (laughs) i'm glad that i'm glad they didn't explain it i'm glad it was just kind of like a nod like dr strange was just like huh Right. He was just like, okay, that's interesting. It's everything in this movie, all of the plot, like the way everything fell together was like a domino effect. Like there are still a few things that are left unanswered, you know, at the end of the movie on purpose, probably, but everything was very, very convenient. You know, they need a lawyer. Oh, in walks Matt Murdock. Like they need a place to go. Happy Hogan has a super cool condo. All the villains show up one of them ends up being a kind of good guy the rest of them are also maybe not that bad and then spider-man shows up spider-man shows up boom bunch of spider-men like everything just kept falling into each other yeah it didn't feel rushed no 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 not at all they took they definitely gave everything enough space for you to process which was nice um yeah let's talk about uh well, so who was your favorite cameo? Who do you think was my favorite cameo? It was Matt Murdock. <laughs> I got him for all of like two minutes, two and a half minutes. So I, I'm like, there's a deleted scene. <laughs> yeah, I will say that that is probably my one gripe is that we didn't get Matt Murdock a little longer or like somewhere else down the line in the movie. Like they just kind of sprinkled him in as Peter's lawyer and Happy's lawyer. Um, and they showed off his like abilities a little bit when someone throws like a brick through Peter's apartment building and he just reaches his hand out and grabs it. And Peter's like, what the heck? And he's like, I'm a good lawyer. 
He's like, what? Peter is one of the only characters that are just like, how the fuck did you do that? And you need to tell me right now. Uh, so I, I would have liked, I would have liked them to may, not necessarily include Daredevil in the final fight because that would have made it clunky, right? Uh, or even in any of the fights necessarily. But they could have done something like J. Jonah Jameson could have been like, oh, the wall crawling menace Spider-Man known as Peter Parker uh, is now just one of several superheroes. And there's other red leather dressed freak running around Hell's Kitchen. Like they could have just not alluded to it. Yeah, nodded a bit more. Just been like, and Daredevil is out there somewhere. And yeah. Peter's like, yeah, what's up with this daredevil guy? He gets to go run around and do it and I can't. Right. Yeah, that would have been interesting, like to have that comparison. But yeah, I think we as sad as it is, we got what we gotten. But I think that it's a promise of like him showing up more now. Like it would be really dumb to put him in there for that little bit of time and then never use him again. So I, I think that they'll bring him back in other stuff too. Oh yeah, for sure. Like after Kevin Feige was like, if you do see Daredevil again, he will be played by Charlie Cox. I was like, oh, well then he's for sure coming back in a bunch of stuff. Uh, It's rumored right now that we'll see him again in She-Hulk when that comes out on Disney plus because of the comic book connection between the two of them. And then it's also rumored that he'll be in Echo when that comes out sometime next year. Yeah. So that would be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I would have liked to have seen them throw some type of nod that Daredevil does exist in this world and not a, it's not just Matt Murdock, you know? Um, yeah. Just like Peter casually mentioning it and then kind of looking at him like, you're a little funny dude uh, with your little red tinted glasses. A little sus. Yeah, for real. A little, little, little sus. Uh, so I love that like I'll take it I'll take the two minute Matt Murdock scene but I have a feeling on the blu-ray when that comes out there's going to be like a really cool courtroom scene with him in it um which will just make me happy I figured if he showed up in this he would be Matt Murdock and not Daredevil but I did appreciate I I had the same feeling yeah that it was not going to be like like a um yeah, I didn't think we were getting Daredevil. I, I had a feeling it would just be Matt Murdock as his lawyer because that made the most sense. Like, because in the trailer, they reveal, they're like, they they straight up tell you, like, in the trailer, Peter Parker's identity reveal or Spider-Man's identity reveal of Peter Parker. So, like, and he's swinging around and trying to escape. And it's like, okay, so it makes the most sense for Daredevil to come in just as Matt Murdock and be a lawyer. That's, yeah. that's how you're, they're going to fit him in. I kind of figured, though, that we would get, like, that introduction of him walking into, like, the interrogation room and being, like, release my client. Because uh, I think that would have hit a bit harder. Agreed. I think that that would have been a better moment to introduce him because they could have easily done that and then skipped to when they're in the apartment. Yeah. So I, there's probably some deleted scene where they did that or some version in the script where they did it and they cut it for time. But... I it was it. two and a half hours. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> I mean, I could have done like a full three. I Yeah, same. I could have, yeah. I would have easily. easily sat there for three. Because the, there was no part of this movie that was slow enough that you were like, okay, hurry up, get to the good stuff. Uh, this is a personal thing that no one has to care about. But like, I usually when I go to a movie, like we get popcorn and a drink, like we do it up when we go to the movie because we don't go super often. Yeah. Um. So- usually like I always know like 
I'm going to have to go to the bathroom at some point, especially like a movie over two hours. I'm like, I already know. And like, I'm usually pretty good at determining when there's a slow pace for me to like book it. But like, I was so proud of myself. I didn't go this entire movie. I refused. I was like, I'm not leaving this seat. I was so proud of myself. Yeah, I was like, no, I had to pee so bad when this movie was done. But I refused because I was like, I know it's so fast paced. I'd heard from the, because I went, we both went opening night. Well, I guess the night before opening night, we went Thursday night. And uh, I heard from like the premiere earlier in the week that it was such a fast paced movie that you really didn't want to miss anything. So I was like, I can't. I can't I took I ate like a bucket of popcorn and took like two sips of water because I was like no absolutely not Zach got up like three or four times and went to the bathroom oh unfortunate yeah he was really fast about it so I don't know how he managed that but I don't think he missed anything by doing it but he said he is going to go see it again next week so I don't I, this is one of those movies that like you're going to want to watch over and over again because it's just it's fan service but it doesn't feel forced. No, yeah, exactly. Like it is absolutely for the fans, but feel, like it was done in a very good way. Yeah. Like it's it's not it doesn't stop at just like fan service for the movies though. Like you get so many comic book moments in this. It's unreal. Not even just comic books. You get a lot of like PlayStation. Uh the Spider-Man PlayStation game. Yeah. I don't know if you caught that. There was a couple of scenes where it really felt more like you were in a cutscene. Um, most notably the one that really, really stood out was immediately after May's death, where he's standing in front of the high rise screen on the building and J. Jonah Jameson is just blasting Spider-Man and blaming him for the death of an innocent woman and everywhere Spider-Man goes, destruction and chaos follows and he's a menace and needs to be arrested and Peter's just standing there crying in the rain like yeah because he feels the same at that point like yeah. he's like yeah you're right it was the way that the camera pushes up behind him like at his feet and then up and then you see like the bright colors and the rain and stuff that felt like a cutscene from a video game can we talk about like the poetic feeling that aunt may is the one who first finds green goblin and like says no you need to like tells peter no you need to help people like that's what you do like and peter tries to be like it's not my problem and aunt may is the one that defends you know him and and everyone and is like no this is what we do we help people like you don't just leave them behind and then for him to be the reason she dies i know it's just it hurt (laughs) because it hurt a lot it hurt i knew i knew as soon as soon as aunt may said with great power comes great responsibility. I was like, you're dead. Yeah, that's, you're done. That's the killer you're done. Words. That's it. Like, yeah, those those are, that's, that's what you say <laughs> when you're going to die. You pretty, you say that God's yeah. taking you so, out. Let's talk about the relationships in the movies. Then like starting with Peter and May, like we never got to see uncle Ben in the, in this trilogy, which I was fine with. I was no. completely fine with it. I, didn't want to go see Homecoming originally because I was like, I don't think I can handle another reboot of Spider-Man with an Uncle Ben's death. Like, I don't need to see it again. Every time they redo a story in the comics, it starts yeah. with Uncle Ben. The movies all started with Uncle Ben. Most notably, Andrew's Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man movies had the weakest Uncle Ben death for me. Uh, 
where Toby's had like the most emotional and then we didn't even get it at all in this one. So people have been clamoring for years that like, this isn't really a Spider-Man movie because we never saw Uncle Ben die. And now they can all eat shit because Aunt May died. For real. <laughs> yeah, this was worse. This, this is, felt this the worst. This did feel way worse because in every other iteration of Spider-Man, he always has at least Aunt May. And a couple of the storylines in the comics should yeah. die or be close to death. Something like that will happen. But he always has Aunt May or MJ, you know, like he's got somebody and this movie ends and he's got nobody. Yeah, that's and that that is another reason I love this movie so much is we get to see this Peter finally hit that Spider-Man point, that critical Spider-Man arc where he is alone and has to like sit with all of those bad feelings, all of that guilt, all of that everything like he has to he just has to sit with it and he really doesn't have anybody because you know for those of you everybody forgot yeah, everyone it's not that they forget spider-man they know who spider-man is spider-man is still known as a hero so, um or a menace depending on who you are but peter <laughs> parker himself is erased he can no longer live like the he, double yeah. life yeah and i got the feeling at the end of the movie that he was kind of okay with that um like he had accepted yeah it. he wasn't happy about it but he did accept it that everybody forgot that they knew peter parker so he still exists as a human being right like he's not just some social security numberless person walking around but people don't remember that they've interacted with yeah. him at all and and it hurts more because you know had he just let dr strange do the spell as planned initially at the beginning of the movie people would still know who Peter Parker was. They just wouldn't know he was Spider-Man. So he would have had to go through the whole Aunt May finding out again, him telling his girlfriend, him telling his best friend again. And he didn't want to go through those, that turmoil of trying to reveal it to people again. So he fucked up the spell. Had he not done that, life would be very different at the end of this movie. So you know he has to sit with that, that pain of just knowing that like, had he been patient and had he accepted responsibility earlier on, things would be so different for him right now. And it just, that's one of those little comic book throwbacks of like the Parker luck. You know, like he goes on about that in the comic books a lot about how Peter Parker just has rotten luck. Like nothing ever works out for him. He's just a dude who gets beat down all the time, can never get ahead in life. And when he does something really bad happens all the time. So it was just, it was cool to see that play out to where he's just miserable and alone. And I think I said that a few months ago on this podcast that all I really wanted from No Way Home was for Peter to hurt. And I kind of regret that now. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, that's what he got. He yeah. So he bad. got a lot of hurt. It was definitely, definitely nice to see them take that approach though. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I'm just, I'm happy that we finally reached the arc where, like, Peter gets to the super sad part because I feel like, I feel like he's been having conflict a lot in his other movies and having hard decisions, but this is absolutely a breaking point. I know. It's just going back and watching, like, Homecoming and Far From Home after this will be very, very difficult Uh, because you'll start with Homecoming him as a happy kid who's just excited to be a superhero and wants to prove himself to all of his idols, the Avengers, that he's worthy of being a superhero. And then Far From Home picks up right after Endgame where 
a person he admired the most dies in front of him. And now the world wants him to be a superhero and he doesn't even know if he wants to do that now because it's way harder than he thought it was going to be. Yeah, And then it just, he immediately gets thrust into this multiversal battle where he loses the only family member he's got left. And then by losing her, he loses everybody else too. He does get to know that there's other people out there that do the exact same thing though. Like Spider-Man 3 uh, <laughs> shows up and he's alone and bitter. Spider-Man 1 shows up and he's like, well, it's complicated with my MJ. Yeah. So that, I liked that. I appreciated that. I'm sad by yeah, it. There was some, <laughs> it honestly should have been a little bit of foreshadowing to our Peter of No Way Home because it's like, look at how their lives have turned out. Like, you're probably on a similar path, dude. Yeah, I think that's kind of why I got the feeling that that's why they focus so much on his relationship with MJ in this. Because like, you could see it when they looked at each other. Anytime she was okay with something, he kind of looked at her for a minute longer than he really should have. Of just like, are you sure you're okay with this? And she was always like, yeah, just talk to me about it. Yeah, just talk to me. And she was completely open to everything, okay with it, accepted all of the issues that were coming, all the bad stuff that was coming from it. And Very was supportive. Yeah, it was completely okay. Whereas we've seen in the other Spider-Man movies, uh, Toby's Spider-Man movies, Mary Jane was not always okay with things. No. She accepted it in the end because she had to. Like, she had no choice. If she wanted to be with Peter, she had to accept he's Spider-Man. But those movies left off in a really weird spot, too, where they're still complicated. Yeah. You know, and then Andrew's just alone. Yeah, and Andrew's his, just alone. Yeah, his Peter's just by himself because he he says it in the movie. He got bitter and he got rageful and he just started killing his villains. Like, that's, I feel like that's what they were alluding to with that is that he just started killing people. <clears throat> Instead of just trying to like subdue them and arrest them and stuff, he just killed them because it was easier. Yeah, it's yeah. So like, so let's talk about like our favorite scenes. Oh brother. Oh brother. I can start if you want me to. I've got mine all. I've got quite a few. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So Andrew Garfield Spider Man getting to save MJ and redeem himself. Yeah, I think that's been everybody's favorite. Yeah, that was so good. Like, and then also. Um, on the same sort of thought process, Toby getting to stop Tom's Spider-Man from killing Green Goblin and taking revenge because he knows that taking revenge will do him no good. Yeah. So like the fact that our other two Spider-Mans got to have a moment of redemption from their stories to help our current Spider-Man was really cool. That was like amazing. Um, Doc Ock being the first villain to be brought back from his evil ways. I was really happy they chose him to be the first. I figured they would though. Like, I don't know if you remember many, many months ago where I was like going bananas over theories on this. And I was like, I feel like since Doc Ock died a hero in Spider-Man 2, that he will not be a villain for very long. And I was right. So that was cool. I was right about like two or three things. Yeah. And I... Yeah, like, so I really love that. I love that, like, I love that our Peter, his whole, like, thought process was just, how do I help these guys not be villains anymore? And you kind of get re-brought into the whole, like, oh, right, these guys aren't villains necessarily because they just woke up and chose to be. 
like they're villains because they're kind of messed up in the head based on the stuff they've done. So for Peter to be like, well, you know, okay, so I'm going to help. That was really good. Um, Watching Peter struggle when he sees MJ and Ned again at the end and coming to terms with the idea that they're probably better off not knowing him considering everything that happened. Mm. Um, yeah, I know. Just the little when he puts the note I back know. in his pocket and the look on his face, like his eyes just full of tears. As yeah, he's like, that's like it. He... That's all I needed was a coffee. Yep, that's all I needed. And then um, we mentioned this before, but Doctor Strange and Spider-Man fight magic versus science. So cool. Mm-hmm. Uh um, Andrew and Toby realizing that they've never been a part of the team before. <laughs> And Tom having to show them, like, we have to communicate. This is no longer, like, a one-person deal. Because that's what our other two Spider-Men are used to. They're used to being solo acts. So, of course, the beginning of that fight just goes really bad um, for them. They're doing really bad. And Avengers, what's that? A band? <laughs> that was such a great line. Um, uh, for my, For me... I know it was a little different for you from what you told me. And this has been the general consensus. I even, where I work, I had customers come in. They came in in the morning to do something and then they went and watched Spider-Man and then they came back to me. And I was like, did your theater cheer when Toby showed up? And they said, yeah, they said the whole theater cheered. And I was like, dude, same. (laughs) My whole theater, when Toby showed, like we cheered for Andrew, but like when Toby showed up, my theater went buck wild. So that was great. also, also Dr. Strange's attitude of being like, fuck it, I'll help you, Peter. Like, let's just erase some memories real quick. I love that, though. Like, when he was like, you know what? I can help you, actually. There is a spell I could do. Like, his willingness to help Peter, coming from acknowledging that, like, this is a 17-year-old kid who has been so traumatized by things already in life and having to deal with things that are way bigger than he is. He deserves a break. Like, let me give this kid a break. Like, Doctor Strange has grown as a character from the first time we see him in his first appearance movie to Endgame and Infinity War where he's like, if it comes down to it, I'm going to let you and the kid die. And in this one, he's like, fuck it. I'll just brainwash the entire world for you, Pete. Why not? I loved it. <laughs> yeah, like, he just he's just like, yeah, sure. Um, and then uh, the last part, when uh, Andrew's Spider-Man and Tom's Spider-Man asked Toby uh so does the webbing come out of other places i loved that that was one of those things that was like ripped straight from the internet of people making jokes about like oh i can't wait for the three spider-men to interact and then you know tom and andrew's spidey have to deal with the fact that toby mcguire they uh his are organic and come straight out of his body like what a weird conversation that's gonna be and it was was awkward it was funny it was awkward (laughs) You could tell that the whole time Toby Spider-Man was just like, okay, are we done? Like, and they're both like, no, it's just super cool. We're just fascinated by it. It's so interesting. I loved it. There's so much to love about this movie and there's not a lot to hate. Uh, And it's very rare that you get a movie like that. Especially one that blends this many people. What were, what were some of your favorite scenes that like you can remember? Um, so I did really love the dynamic between MJ and Peter. Like she spent the majority of the time trying to comfort him, having acknowledged what he's going through, especially after May's death. Like 
going and finding him and just being there with him as he's grieving and he's angry because it's his fault. Like, at the end of the day, it kind of is his fault. And he's got to find a way to live with that and accept it. So I, I loved that. I loved seeing that coming from her. Um, I wish that Ned had been a little more involved because this is his best friend since they were like kids, I guess. Uh, and Ned was just like, yeah, man, whatever. It's cool. Oh, sorry. Your aunt died. Yeah, that's sad. Like you, you see the emotion from Ned at the end of the film when they have to say goodbye to each other and he starts crying and stuff. So I, I love the dynamic between the three of them. That was the best uh similarly my theater had a big reaction when uh toby and andrew came back on screen surprisingly though they had a bigger reaction for andrew's entrance yeah that's Um, what you were telling me that your theater reacted to andrew more than it reacted to toby yeah like everybody reacted obviously but they just had a louder cheer for andrew when he came through and pulled his mask off and stuff um, I think it's because he's the underdog. They call him Peter Three in this. Like, yeah, they acknowledge. <laughs> and he, the whole time, he's just like, oh, okay, Peter Three. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, oh, I, I'm lame. I'm lame in comparison to you guys. Like, they oh my took God, everything- when they have the talk with him, like, no, man, you're amazing. You're amazing, just say dude. It. Say it. You're amazing. Say it. And he's like, no, 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 I don't want to say it. I just really needed to hear somebody else say it. Like, they took everything, every criticism that the internet had about all of these movies, and they just poked holes in them and were like, you're funny. Like, yeah. that, I loved that. I loved that so much. Obviously, I loved the Matt Murdock scene. Uh, as soon as you see his cane hit down and you're like, whoop. Uh, <laughs> there he is. Last night when I went to go see it, uh, when that scene happened, somebody in the front row yelled, oh, shit, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, Maddie. And I was dying. I was dying so hard. Uh, I love the interrogation too, where you see May uh, completely embody what a parent would do in that situation. Oh yeah, where they're throwing, they're trying to throw child endangerment charges at her and take Peter away and stuff. And she's like, "I don't give a fuck what you think. I want to see Peter. Like, I want to see my kid right now." So I love that. I love that we got to see a little bit more of them bonding. Um, I said it at the beginning, that scene after May's death, where Peter's just standing in the rain, like, watching this news reporting on it. Uh, I think that's one of my favorite ones in the entire movie. Uh, When all the characters have to say goodbye. Because I love being sad. Uh, The way Doctor Strange kind of stuttered and was like, are you sure you want to do this? Everybody who knows and loves you, we will forget you. And he stutters when he says we. Like, this is the first time he's admitting that he cares about Peter out loud. Yeah. You know, like, clearly we can tell or he wouldn't have done all this. But he's saying it. Peter is acknowledging it. And he's like, it's the only way. Uh, and and we all love a good, a, a good cry at the end of a film. So as the three of them said goodbye and stuff, and he's like, I promise I'll come find you guys and stuff. I was like, that's a lie. That's a big fat fucking lie. Yeah. I know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna I know cut everyone this is off going. and be the, the lonely uh, neighborhood Spider-Man. Basically, lonely neighborhood Spider-Man. Um, finally, my, my last favorite scene was when he put little Lego Palpatine down uh, on the desk in his brand new empty studio apartment that was like the saddest moment for me where he opens up his boxes 
He's got like three or four boxes of stuff. That's all he's got in the world. He's got no family, no help. He's in this shitty little rundown apartment. Uh, and he starts pulling things out of this box. You see his GED test book, which means he couldn't go back to high school and finish. Yes, that was one of, okay. I, that was, I feel like that was such a small detail, but mm-hmm. like, it was so good for, for them to show us that. Like, he's just moving boxes. You don't really expect much from it. And then you see GED book study test and you're like, oh, shoot. This did you know? take place during the Christmas season. And that's only halfway through a high school year. Yeah. Like it's his senior year of high school. He's almost finished. He goes to one of the most prestigious science schools in New York is what they tell you in the first movie that he's there on a scholarship because he's just that smart and he's been accepted in mostly accepted into MIT which is hard to get into you know he he beat magic with science you see him do all this stuff he can he's building cures for villains out of like nothing so we know he's incredibly intelligent and then to see that he has to finish out high school with a GED test because he can't go back. Like they don't remember him. They don't remember him being a student there. So he can't go back is super, super sad. Yeah. Because you just know, yeah, that in the next ones, he's probably not, he's probably going to be going to like community college if he even gets to do that. Which, what a waste of a great mind. Not know, that community it, college is bad. I'm not trying to like, yeah, like, like I, I went to community college for my AA. Like I'm not trying to mess around like that. But um, right, like there's nothing wrong with taking a GED test to get your your diploma and stuff. You know, it's just that to see a character who values studying and school and science and stuff like that uh, that has that potential now get knocked down to okay, you have to do a GED test to be able to graduate. That's so fucking sad. Like, especially when the movie opened with all of them planning on getting an apartment together and going to MIT and being on campus and stuff. And then it ends with, and now you're in this shitty little studio apartment and a shitty area of New York with your GED book and no friends. Yep. He's got to pretty much just start from scratch. You know, and then the push in on the, on the little Lego figure. Just yeah. Because it started out homecoming with Ned wanting to build that Lego set so badly with Peter. They're just a couple of nerds that want to sit down and build Legos. And they never fucking got to finish the Lego set. Ever. This movie will make you sad in case you haven't caught on to that. This movie is going to just rip your heart out. I never thought I'd be crying over a Lego Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, this, this yeah. movie just gets you. So those were some of my favorite my favorite scenes. Like... Really, the whole movie is just amazing. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. Like, it's up there in the top of my favorite comic book slash MCU movies. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it definitely deserves it. Superhero, like, for me, even superhero movie-wise, like, even if we're going in and comparing DC to indie to everything, this is absolutely right now my top superhero movie. I have been telling yeah. everyone, I'm like, this is just a, it's a must see. It is. It really is. Um, not even just for like the three cameos we get that like tie in other worlds and other shows and stuff, but just for the growth of the character. Yeah, absolutely. The you way know, we like get in, to see him change. Yeah. In two hours, you see him go from an innocent, naive kid who thinks that he can just fix all of his problems really fast and everything's going to be okay to 
a grown up, a grown man at the end of the movie who has accepted his mistakes and accepted his failure and is trying to make peace with the pain he's going to be in for the rest of his life. Because they don't show you what's on the picture frame that he pulls out of the box with the GED book, but I would assume it's a picture of him and Ned and MJ that we saw in the case at school. Yeah, that would make the most sense. You know, and now he's just gonna have to sit with that, that like he has all these great memories with all these great people and they don't even know who he is. So he's just alone. Like the the character growth in this movie is incredible. Yeah, it like I said, it's just wonderful all around. Like they hit, I feel like they hit the mark on everything. Yeah. And the freaking fight scenes, dude. Like, oh my God. I'm so excited to watch how they created this. So I love to watch like all the behind the scenes and the making of and the interviews and stuff. And uh, every movie that I get, every Blu-ray that I buy, I watch it first when I get it. And then I watch it again with the commentary on so that I can hear the thought process behind everything. And uh, I'm so excited to see why they included some of these fight scenes. Cause like you don't see Peter using his webs as much as you have in the past to like stop his villains. Like in this one, he's using his webs to like use his body to fight the villains. And, And that was another thing that felt very video game to me was the combination of the moves that he did where he would use the webs to catapult himself, use the webs to flip himself so he could knee somebody through seven stories like, I love that. I love that this felt like a comic book on screen. It was just amazing. Yeah. I'm really big in a choreograph. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, like I said, just everything was great um, about this movie. Please go see it. Please. How much did it, how much did it gross? Let's, let's look real quick. Yeah. Let's check some numbers. I know it's, it's got like the third highest opening weekend. Uh, it's coming in under Endgame, of course. But I honestly feel like this is a movie that tops Endgame. It's close. Oh, wait. Rotten Tomatoes changed it. They, I thought it was 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. I think once it came out for like public viewing, it went down just a little bit. Yeah, just to 94, which is still amazing for yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, right now everyone is hailing it as the best Marvel superhero movie. Yeah, I mean, I... I agree. <laughs> I honestly, I agree. So this report says that Spider-Man No Way Home snares 121.5 million during Friday debut. That's insane. I think it costs like 200 million yeah. to make this movie too. If I remember reading that correctly. So like they're going to make all of their fucking money back like real fast. Yeah, I, I absolutely think they will because some people are waiting to go see it until the theaters won't be as crowded. Yeah, after Christmas. I feel bad for those people because like this is the worst kept secret movie ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, everyone everyone is talking about it. Like at least we were nice. We were like, this will be full of spoilers. Oh yeah, I haven't even like posted actual spoilers on anything nope, on I Twitter or anything. Like I have been commenting on some spoiler threads that are already existing. But I have not posted anything myself. Um, and if I do, yeah. I make sure everyone is aware that it is a spoiler. Um, and, like I've just been, the night I saw this Thursday night, I came home and after I had said publicly that I'd seen it, my phone blew up all night long. of just people wanting to talk about it because they're like, thank God somebody else has seen it. We have to discuss. Uh, to the point that I had to like put my phone underneath some stuff so that it stopped glowing so I could go to sleep. Uh <laughs> 
So I've been in multiple discussions for the last couple of days just over where do we go next after this? Because this movie feels like a complete wrap up of the series. Yeah, I the only people. So obviously I went and saw it with Ashton, but the only people that I know that have gone and seen it are you and our friend Shannon. So besides that, I basically I was at a Christmas party last night and I just had to be I had I couldn't say anything that happened. I just had to tell everyone, please go see it. It's so good. I told everyone just like be prepared to cry. Because uh, I mean, I started crying immediately into this movie. As soon as Matt Murdock walked on screen, I went, ah! Ah! and then just started crying in my seat and like shaking and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and Zach leans over and he goes, can you control yourself for a little bit? <laughs> can you just like dial it down a little bit? And I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And uh, just crying. Dial whole- it down. <laughs> after that I just cried consecutively throughout the entire movie and then when May died I cried a little bit harder you know uh just because his his reaction to the death of just May please open your eyes May please please talk to me May don't do this like was so sad it always hurts to lose a character that you have grown with and that you love but it hurts even more to see another character that you love go through it so I was like, oh my God, May, how could you die? I didn't appreciate the fake out though of them making us think she was okay. Yeah. Which, I mean, I knew she was going to die in this. It was either going to be her or happy. And yeah, I, I more had a feeling it was it was going to be Aunt May. Yeah. I think I kind that of, just hit so much harder. It does. And it gives you that Uncle Ben moment that you needed um, for Peter. Because, like, we know he lost Uncle Ben because in Homecoming, he says it. You know, I can't, May can't find out I'm Spider-Man because I can't do that to her after everything that happened with Ben. She can't know. Like, so we acknowledge that there was an Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben did die. But I have a feeling that it was, like, not as traumatic of a death for him. Maybe it happened when he was, like, younger or something. But they don't lean on that. Like, it's not always like Ben would be proud of you. It's I got to make May proud of me. And then when she dies, she's like, I'm proud of you. Like, you did the right thing, Peter. And then she's just fucking KOs. Like, she gone. I was so sad. And then also the pressure of, like, telling him to do the right thing. And, like, I feel like her saying, you know, with great power comes great responsibility was such a catalyst for going to Doctor Strange in the end and saying... I know everyone's going to forget me. I know do it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Cause he's choosing the greater good over himself, which is what Peter Parker always does. Yep. Yep. That is why he is the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. I don't, when we did our, our top heroes, I chose Peter Parker and not Spider-Man uh, for this reason, because he literally can never ignore a fight. He can never let somebody be in peril. He can't choose himself over anything ever so i chose peter parker and not his masked identity you know because that's his superpower spider-man's superpower is peter parker and you really see that in this movie yeah yeah it's beautiful i think i honestly think the only comic book movie that Um, might still hold number one for me would be logan don't hate me i still haven't seen it oh my god have you not watched logan yet Oh, there's so there's so many different media things I want to watch, and then I end up just watching X Men ninety like the old animated series. <laughs> again. I'm like, ah, oh, yes, my comfort show. 
you have to watch that and then we're going to record about it just like immediately after because that's such a good movie too so let's talk about um the end credits yeah did were you satisfied uh i was happy to see venom i so i am curious like because i was sitting there and i was trying to figure it out and maybe i'm just dumb but like I was sitting there and I was like, okay, so at the end of his movie, he like blips and he's somewhere else and he's like freaking out. And then at the end of this movie, it's like he blips back. So I was sitting there and I was like, where was he? Was he originally who like which Spider-Man universe was he originally in? I have a feeling that Because originally I was thinking maybe he was in this universe the entire time and he left New York due to reasons of that. But at the end of the movie, he's very confused to hear about the Avengers and Thanos and stuff. So I feel like he was a part of Andrew's Spidey universe. And because he kind of stands up at the end and he's like, all right, well, let's go talk to this Spider-Man. Like this Spider-Man. Yeah. And, you know, and then he just disappears. And he blips before paying for his drinks, which was so great. Which was hilarious. Leaving behind a little bit of venom goo. Yes. Uh, So we we know something will happen with it. Yep. We've got, uh, who did we talk about? We have, uh, let me pull them up. Um, Yeah, I want to talk about the villains. Okay. So the offspring of venom are Riot, Lasher, Phage, Agony, and Scream. So this might be. I would assume that Scream would be the direction. That's my assumption, but I could Mm -hmm. be wrong. Yeah, I don't really have an assumption of where they would go with the symbiote or like with the symbiote piece that was left behind. Um, I just have a feeling that they'll do the black suit, the symbiote black suit for uh, some Spidey action because Craven will probably show up while he's in his little community college classes to hunt him down he hears about the spider-man that saved the multiverse or whatever and defeated all of those villains and he wants to hunt him now and that's where spider-man 4 will be because we know a craven movie is coming out between then and now so yeah i would assume that that's what will happen next we won't see peter interact with mj or ned in that movie uh probably at all we might see him like watching them if that you know and then Spider-Man 5, we'll see him interact with them again. But I feel like Spider-Man 4 would be a good place for <clears throat> Peter to also start working at Feast, like Aunt May did, uh, as a way to like try and stay close to her and, and honor what she wanted as Peter Parker and not necessarily as Spider-Man. Yeah. So that would be cool. A nice little, a little call for that. Just he works at Feast. Craven shows up, this little fucking alien goo knows it needs to go find spider-man so it does they destroy a bunch of stuff we get a little miles uh interaction i feel like feast would be a really good place to introduce him in these movies since they've already established that that's a thing and that's kind of where miles comes from anyway so there's a lot of really good comic book tie-ins that they could do going forward i'm also just kind of excited that like they drew a lot of inspiration from the one more day storyline which was really sad for me. A lot of people really, really, really hated that comic when it came out. Um, 
and they like retconned it with some Doctor Strange stuff and fixed some things, but I appreciated it. We'll just have to, we'll have to see. And then also we have another end credit scene, which wasn't really an end credit scene as much as it was like, well, to me, it didn't, it didn't feel like it was the trailer. trailer. Yeah. It felt like just, it was a trailer. (laughs) I guess, yeah, it was a trailer, but it felt a little more choppy than what I'm used to on trailers. I think that they were doing, do you remember at the end of uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, it's final, final end credit scene was the trailer for the Avengers movie. And it was just the trailer. Honestly, I would have rather them have teased Kraven yeah. at the end than did the Venom thing. Because like they brought him in and then just kicked him out. They were just like here and goodbye. Yeah. So like not bringing him in at all would have still kept us wondering, well, what happened with Venom? Because we know he's there now. Uh, and Tom Hardy is still insisting that there's going to be a Venom Spider-Man fight. So does he go back? Is he able to just go back to that dimension because he left some alien goo behind? Uh, whatever, whatever, you know? It's just how fucking sick would it have been, though, for, like, the end credit scene after after the, the post-credit scene, you just hear the drums. Like, because we know when Craven is near, Spidey can hear the war drums. Yeah. So you, you just hear the drums and then you see like a trophy room. And then like his like le- uh, lion skin and that's it. Just on like the back of a chair or something. That I think that would have had me more excited than anything else. More impactful. Yeah. Like I think that that would have been like oh shit. Like, oh he coming. But that also would have definitely confirmed that they're doing another one of these Spider-Man movies and Tom Holland's been very very adamant that his contract is done. So, I don't know. I'm sad. Either way, I'm so sad. So you wanted to talk about... Oh, wait, wait hold on. So this end credit scene uh, that we get, the trailer uh, the trailer for the new Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. Um, which, basically, they confirmed some things in this trailer. They were like, hey, by the way, Scott, which mm-hmm. is in it? Yeah, I mean, I feel like they had to just go ahead and acknowledge it the same way they did with this movie because so many things had already leaked online that yeah. like the villains for this movie were never supposed to be revealed until the movie came out it i read an interview the other day where they were like they were going to market the no way home as a civil war between spider-man and dr strange and you were never supposed to see a glimpse of the villains uh well and then alfred molina went out and straight up just said it like he's in it and then they had to kind of backpedal and redo how they were going to do marketing um Tom Holland also said that because of some of the leaks that happened on the internet, they had to rewrite a lot of things. And then when Doctor Strange got pushed, because Multiverse of Madness was supposed to come out first in December and then or in July, I think of this year. Um, Multiverse of Madness was supposed to have already come out and then Spider-Man No Way Home. So they had to completely flip how the movie was going to handle things to set up for No Way for Multiverse of Madness. So I feel like that's why seeing anything for Doctor Strange has taken so long. Because, like, they probably had to go back and completely redo that movie, too. Yeah. I'm just happy that, like, we got, like, confirmation. I didn't think that Scarlet Witch being in it was a secret, though. Like, I feel like everybody's known that. Like, I don't remember them ever publicly, like, going, and she'll be in that. But I just feel like that was, like, something that happened. (laughs) What I didn't know was coming was America Chavez. Like, I guess I had just totally skipped that. It was really cool seeing Scarlet Witch's outfit. Yeah, it's slightly different from what we saw at the end of WandaVision, too. 
Yeah, it's like a little, little more intricate. I was like, yeah, I like everybody. I like everybody that. clapped when she showed up too. Yeah, like hell yeah, like her showing up and like just us getting the deal. And you like, I have a theory that she's like gonna work with Doctor Strange for the sake of getting her kids back. Probably she'll be like, I'll help you and stuff, but I'm searching for something. And he goes, Yeah, I know you're looking for your kids. I can help you. Because they're totally, they're totally setting up like the Young Avengers right now. Yeah, absolutely. Like they have, they have to be. We've got Kate Bishop. We've got um, oh shoot, who did you say was gonna be in Doctor uh, Strange too? America Chavez. Yes. Uh, and then we've already got Wicked and Speed, which they could easily age up whenever yeah. they want. We've learned. I feel so like the next time we see them, they'll be grown. Yeah. And then um, we're going to get yeah, Casey Lang. And then we're going to get Hulkling. Like, yeah. I think when, would we say it's Secret Invasion? Yeah, Secret Invasion um, is already in development right now. Like, they're currently filming for it. So that's going to be like a Disney Plus miniseries. So I feel like Secret Invasion will probably give us Hulkling. Would be a good opportunity. Yeah. And then that's all we would need at that point, yeah. right? And at if some I'm point. Thinking, if I'm thinking correctly, that should be it. Yeah, because there's still like um, young Vision. Like after they bring the Vision back online, he's more of a, a teenaged Vision. And then there's also pre-Kang Kang that's involved, who's Iron Lad. Um, which they may not do anything with that, but they might because they're going to have Kang and Ant-Man. So that would be kind of sick to see. Uh, and then the way they ended this movie with Peter being so grown and like, I've been the leader of a team before. I know how teams work, like all that. I feel like he'll end up leading the Young Avengers for at least some of it. Yeah, that'd least, be really cool to see yeah, too. Being, being somebody that helps train them probably. Since the world doesn't know Peter is Spider-Man now, he doesn't have access to all of that same avengers facility stuff so he just kind of helps them get where they're going that would be a really cool like spider-man four and five happen and then six is like the young avengers and stuff you know yeah coming in that'd be that'd be super sick yeah i think no matter like i just think all the stuff coming out is really tying in and it's going to be really good so i was excited to see the little trailer for it after the movie i was glad i stayed in the theater um, our, our friend Shannon did not stay in the theater. So she totally, oh, uh, so she totally the missed end. it. And it was just like, bruh, stay till the lights come on. You always stay till the end. There's two end. Like what? Yeah. When the lights come on, they didn't you turn know the you lights on leave. for a reason. <laughs> I will just sit here forever. Jeez. Like I'll die in that seat. Well, because I kept thinking they were either going to do like some type of a Morbius tease or a Craven tease because I had honestly forgotten that Venom had jumped universes. That's how like bad Carnage was. Is yeah. that I just forgot. <laughs> He's gone. I was just like, oh, he doesn't matter anymore. Because uh, honestly, the other day I was struggling to remember what the post credit scene for this movie was. And it's because it was Venom. And I was just like, what was it? Oh yeah, okay, Venom. It was Venom. And I don't know why, because I really liked the first Venom movie. It just wasn't as good. I just didn't like the second yes, one. Yes, that's gonna be... That's our... No, it just didn't hit right. I am so excited for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse Madness, though. Because I have no idea what's happening in that. Like, we kind of knew what we, what to expect with No Way Home, you know? 
uh, especially since it was the worst kept secret ever. But with Doctor Strange, I have literally no idea what the hell they're doing other than apparently they broke the multiverse again. Yeah, also, let's talk about how, yeah, worst kept secret because literally, like, people were pointing out things from the trailer, like they how they edited out Andrew and Toby. I but you still see an invisible force punching one of the bad guys in the air. It's like, okay, so that's obvious. I know. Lizard gets punched by the invisible person. And then I watched an interview with Jimmy Kimmel and, uh, and it had the cast of No Way Home on it. And he straight up pulled up that scene and was like, and who kicks the lizard? Is it, is it Andrew? And they're like, no. And he's all, I keep telling people that Toby and Andrew are not in this movie and nobody will believe me. And everyone's going to be so disappointed when they go and watch this. Uh, (laughs) And guess what? (laughs) Guess what? They were there. You know, I don't know. What invisible prison, Ant-Man? And he made some jokes. He was like, was it Ant-Man? Was it the invisible woman? Is this where we meet Sue Storm and stuff? And uh, people are still clamoring online right now that we still don't know who bought the Avengers Tower. And we have no idea when the Fantastic Four even comes into play because there's no date on it yet. We just know director John Watts is going to do it. And we trust him now because No Way Home killed us. Yeah, it, yeah, that's an understatement. Right. I love, I loved this movie. It's top tier. It felt like it was made by fans for fans. Yeah, 12 out of 10. Yeah. I think I rated it on something on Twitter as that's so good out of 10. <laughs> that's so good out of 10. I was so, I love when movies make me feel stuff. So. <laughs> God, it was fan- fantastic. So do you have any hopes on where you'll see Spider-Man next? Or are you just like on for the ride? Because I really want to see that dope ass metallic blue and red suit. And high definition. Yeah, that suit was so, like, just the glimpse of it, I was like, dang, that's a cool suit, dude. Like, that you is know. awesome. Like, how you became so good so at fast. sewing, I'll never know. It's so fast. Sewing is and science. But that, I have noticed it's just, it's just a trope with all superheroes. They just get really good at sewing. Like, with Deadpool, if you watch his movies, like, he's got, like, a makeshift makeshift outfit and then within like a couple of weeks he's got like this full leather outfit with all these pockets and different things and I'm like yeah that makes (laughs) sense you definitely learned how to do that that fast like it's always like that I think the only one that has made sense so far is in the Hawkeye show like oh by the way this is a spoiler so just you know divert your ears for a second or just turn us off for a moment or skip ahead but like in the Hawkeye show the LARPing group offers to make their outfits. And I'm like, oh my God, for once I know, it makes I love sense. That. I, and you know, I will say going back to Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming, his first suit that he had, he didn't make it. It was like sweatpants and like a sweat jacket and a ski mask or something. <laughs> so yeah, that like made that sense. Makes I like that that made sense. And he tried to explain like the crazy goggles because he was like, my senses are so enhanced. It drives me crazy. And this helps me focus. So I really yeah. love that. And I love that now he has to like use what's left of his, his Stark suit to create another suit. Cause he doesn't have access to technology anymore. The, what did he call it? The grafting yeah. machine or something like that. Uh, that can help create things like a 3d printer basically. But I love that. I yeah. love the, the little like 
Did you catch that at Ned's house um, before Andrew shows up? They kind of focus on the sewing machine for a minute and then they go on and talk about some other things. And then Andrew shows up and they're like, prove you're Spider-Man. And he's like, I'm hanging from the ceiling. Um, <laughs> I'm hanging on the ceiling. That's not enough. Like crawl across the ceiling. He's and like, I'm not going to anyway. do that. I fucking love, there's so and much does to it. love about this movie. And my only gripe right now is that you couldn't see the end suit very clearly. Like so, the CGI on it was a little yeah. like shaky, and you could tell like they probably had literally just finished it. But that's the only gripe is that you couldn't see that that ending suit very well, just the shiny blueness of it. Did you have any gripes, any complaints, issues? Do we need to talk to a manager? <laughs> to a manager? Hello, I'm here to talk to the manager. Spider-Man. Uh, honestly. I just wanted to see Matt Murdock a little more. Yeah, and I'm I'm a recent Daredevil fan. Like I just started watching the the show, um, to kind of like because I've been meaning to watch it, so I just started watching the show. So like I started getting hyped about it, and then so like seeing him just like even like a minute more would have been a little better. Um, so that I I honestly think that was like my one right everything else was very just felt very good flow good momentum uh good uh, like a lot of poetic moments that just made sense oh my god toby getting i'm this isn't a gripe but toby getting stabbed by green goblin after right after saving him i was like of course oh i really thought Oh my I god! Really another fake Toby. out. Another I fake really out. Thought... I thought I, I, I gasped like so loud. Yeah, I was like, oh. I'm glad they didn't. Um, yeah, not just because absolutely. like, oh, we don't want to kill Toby, but because it would have taken away from the weight of May's death. Yeah, and the, and like and like Peter's progression of, of a character. Yeah. Like, if they had killed Toby in this movie, that's all anybody would have been talking about was, oh, I can't believe they killed Toby, and it wouldn't have been, oh, I can't believe. Tom Holland is Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, he's always been Spider-Man, but now he is. He understands Spider-Man. I thought, I yeah. will say this, the one dialogue scene that I thought maybe could have just been a little tweaked, not that it wasn't really good, but just maybe a little tweaked, was when uh, the other two Spider-Men follow MJ and Ned and they find Tom's Spider-Man after like he's mourning and have to talk to him. And they kind of all exchanged the whole, like, I lost Ben, I lost MJ. Um, I think, like, that scene needed to happen for there to be a connection and an understanding and a sympathetic connection between them all. But I think that the dialogue wasn't weak with how they did it. it just, it was, a, yeah, it was a little, just a little off. Like, I think that they could have just it was tweaked just, it a little more. It was weird. To make it land better. It's clumsy. But, that's really that's really it that's really the only part where i was like eh, yeah. okay all right like yeah, i agree that's that's fine but um yeah besides that that's really my only little gripe and i mean that's it's so minimal i know it's like it's like the little issues i have aren't even issues you know there's a couple little plot devices that like probably need to elaborate on in future things but i i wish that because I still got the emotional impact of like Peter and MJ having to say goodbye at the end of the movie because they spent so much of this movie building their relationship up. And uh, 
and making her so supportive and you can just see on his face every time he looks at her that he loves her so much but in the last two movies you don't see that develop enough to have like the giant impact that it should have in this movie yeah but I still loved it it still worked you know it was so sad yeah this movie was just it was so good impactful and sad 100 out of 10 loved it 10 out of 10 100 oh, you wanted to talk about the villains. Let's do that before we wrap up. Uh, did you have a favorite villain? Doc Ock. Very, very Green difficult Goblin. choice between Green Goblin and Doc Ock because Green, Green Goblin. Goblin. You, you're just a Green Goblin. Like, <laughs> he, was, he was very close second with how he struggled, and they showed that struggle between, like, his good side and his evil side. Like, that was fantastic. But I, I love that. I always have a special place in my heart for Doc Ock because I used to have a crush on him as a kid. Oh my God. What is wrong with you? A lot of things. A lot of things are wrong with me and we don't have time to (laughs) dissect that. That's a whole nother episode. That's a suitcase. that's going to get lost in the mirror dimension for me, bud. Yeah. We're throwing that suitcase right out the door. We're not going to open it or talk about it. Just know that it exists. Boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I just, I really like, Doc Ock um, had a huge crush on him. I don't know. I don't know why. I literally like thinking back to when I was younger. I'm like, why did I have a crush on him? I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. Like, I just don't know. I just did. Like, so I was just so happy. Well, that explains the Venom thing then. Like, you're into tentacles. I guess I'm just into tentacles. Jesus. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think think one of my managers listens to this podcast. Please don't fire me. Please don't hey, fire didn't me happen at find- work. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't happen at work. Please don't fire me for, please. <laughs> please, <laughs> please don't use it against me. My yearly review writes you up for tentacle. Uh, yeah, liking. so I think it's honestly because he. It's probably because he had a tragic death. It's probably why I liked him. Um, yeah, I I liked his character in the in the second movie that he was in. You know, like I did like that the twist was the the arms control him and he doesn't want to be a bad guy. He wants to be a good guy, but he's doing bad shit. I appreciated that. And I appreciated him in this movie. Cause like yeah. he had that same struggle for most of the movie. And then he wanted to help Peter in the end. He was just like, yeah, as soon as he got helped me, and I'm going to help he, you now. He like straight up showed up to the last fight and said, uh, you will not hurt my Spider-Man. These are my sons. <laughs> These are my babies. <laughs> And these are my children and you will not speak to me or my sons ever again. And shut them all down. I loved, I loved Green Goblin yeah, the, so much. because Oh my gosh, Willem Dafoe did an amazing job. Amazing job. He's did amazing. all his own stunts. Amazing. This like, movie did, needs to at be nominated 66? Yes. Like what? Amazing. I appreciate too that they destroyed the mask. Like, I love the mask. I loved the mask so much in the first one. Um, I loved the costume. I loved the concept behind the Green Goblin. But I Yeah, because we got to see his face change. Because he is so yes. e- expressionate about things. And when he switches from Norman Osborn to the Green Goblin, you can see it immediately on his face. Like, oh my God, we have to talk about the Spidey sense too. Just the way that the the camera did the the super zoom in and then zoom out oh, yeah. every time his spidey sense went off and then that 
that scene in in Happy's condo where his sense goes off, but he's so in a he room has to figure it villains. out. And he's got to figure out which villain it is, and it's Green Goblin, and then like the change. Like if you if this, when you watch this a second time, you'll see the the moment that Norman Osborn becomes the Green Goblin again when he's working with Doc Ock to try and create the cure, the anti uh, serum for him. And he says, "You're about to be whole again, Norman. No more dark side." You see Norman's shoulders tense, yeah, up really bad, and his back gets really straight. And then he says, "Yeah." And he kind of like looks away and then goes on about his business and walks off. And then that's when Peter's spider sense kicks in because that was the moment, you know, and it's so subtle and he does it so good. It's like micro expressions that he's got. And it's just every time he switches back to Norman in the movie, it's so heartbreaking because he's so confused. Like, and he's sad. He's like, my, my house is lived in. My company doesn't exist here. My son doesn't exist here. And it's so yeah. sad. I loved him. And then him connected with Aunt May, I was like, oh, here we go. I know, like, and then he kills her. Like, and then Peter just wants to kill him so Yeah, yeah that revenge kicks in real, real hard. Like, and he is, his full intention was to kill him. Absolutely. Like, literally. Yeah, and he would have had to, been like, there. That would have been it. He would have taken revenge. He would have fallen into the same mistake. That end, that ending fight, yeah, that ending fight was legit. Yeah, like that well was done. so good. And you see, you see Spider Man's raw power. Oh, yeah. at that point, absolutely. Because like he is canonly one of the, he is the second smartest character in all of the Marvel universe, after Reed Richards, and he's one of the strongest. And you get to see that in this, like when he punches that shield, the Lady Liberty shield, and just completely obliterates it. Like Norman barely misses that punch. That would have killed him. Yeah. Just smoosh. Smoosh the spider. You know, like, God, what a good movie. What good villains. The lizard didn't do much, but. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, like, some of the villains weren't as impactful, but I think it would have been very difficult to make them all super impactful yeah like did I you just know that would have been hard yeah did did you notice that there was only ever the five villains they never did bring in a six yeah we never got a six yeah so we didn't get a sinister six yeah no we we never fine it's yeah fine. we never never like, got one i guess technically venom was there he just wasn't present yeah <laughs> he i mean just wasn't in the final he, he was in the world, but he just wasn't he showed, in the He showed up story. to class. He was just late. You know, class was over. Yeah, by the yeah, time yeah. He got yeah. Which, you know, that fits. That's that hilarious. fits for Venom. Uh, I mean, is there anything else we want to cover? I don't think so. I mean, I think, I think that's it. It was definitely an experience. I mean, the buildup to this movie over the last, like, year and a half, um, and then the absolute two or three month hurt of not knowing if Marvel and Sony were going to make another movie together uh, paid off really well in the end. Like, yeah, we knew what oh to expect. God, yeah. We got what we wanted and it still felt satisfying, not in like a good way, but like, yeah, we, I got to see everything that I basically wanted good. to see out of this. We got what we wanted. Still would have liked to see that Craven movie, but yeah. eventually. Well, there you go, y'all. Spider-Man. No way home. No way home. He has a home, but it's very sad. <laughs> yeah, he does in fact have a home, but it is very sad. Uh, 
No Way Home could also be a reference to the fact that the people who feel like home, he no longer has. I think that's what it was supposed to be. Yeah, of why the name No Way Home, you know, because like Peter can never return to what feels like home. So very on the nose. Like is very sad. I'm going to build John Watts and and company for my therapy. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like, hey, you owe me because I got messed up. I'm distraught. Like I could barely sleep after watching this. Thank you for ruining me. (laughs) Thank you for just wrecking my life. So our next episode will be the wrap up of Hawkeye. Uh, So excited to discuss everything that's happened in that show. So we will see you guys have a Merry Christmas. Uh, If you celebrated Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah. I know Hanukkah is already over, but if you did celebrate Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. There's so many of them that happen. Yeah. There's so many of them that happen between like the middle of November to the end of December. So just happy holidays. Have a good one. Stay safe. Uh, enjoy seeing the people you consider family. And uh, go see Spider-Man. Yeah, go see Spider-Man. Go see it a million times. And then go pick up the comics that yeah. this movie was uh, inspired by. Which were the One yes. More Day run and uh, Spider-Man Happy Birthday. Where Doctor Strange tries to cast a spell and Peter Parker botches it. And everyone forgets who the fuck he is. So go pick those up. Give him a read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Support your local comic shop and and see how the story plays out and compare the differences. Yeah. Both are there great. was no Mephisto. The thing, there was it? no Mephisto in this one either. Nope. So no Mephisto. Maybe next time. On Meph- maybe the next show will give Mephisto watch <laughs> next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everyone, have a good one. We'll talk. We'll we'll you know what? I'm fucking awkward. Bye! Bye. <laughs> Please be a part of. Give me one.